0: I want everybody to give this choir a hand. They had to be here earlier than their earliest classes could possibly be during the week, which, you know, you can, we don't have class before 8 o'clock. Uh, and these, these students were here before 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, and that's a stretch, um, going to church, just being realistic. Um, and so I, I, I personally thank you all um for being here this morning because it when I was your age, certain points in my college time I would not have been here at seven forty five in the morning. Um so you know the Lord's gonna bless y'all for that. Um I wanna ask that uh we go into prayer. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for um privilege to stand here in this pulpit. I again ask that you would speak through me, decrease me, um, and you be increased, God, that you would speak a relevant word um, to everybody that's under the sound of my voice, including myself, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How much time do I have, Pastor Paul? Ten minutes. okay need a hymn Will y'all sing a hymn with me amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved her like me I once Was lost I'd like to thank uh first of all the Lord for putting me and my family in this wonderful church. Um, he's allowed me and my wife to see him in a different light because um, although we grew up in uh, college campus ministry um, in a varsity Christian fellowship, which is uh, i guess historically predominantly white ministry, uh, we both we're black church kids all of our lives. Um, so this was our first white church experience. And I had to say that, but it is, I mean, I I mean it at face value, it is what it is. Um, and the Lord has really moved in that. Uh, he's shown me that I already knew it, but he's shown me to a deeper level that, uh, he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't see color. Um, and, and I think he's prepared me for taking steps forward in ministry. Um, Cause I know black church music. That's what I, that's what I know. Um, but now I know something different. So the Lord has really expanded me a little bit. Um, so I thank the Lord for putting us here. I think, um, he's my pastor, but he's my brother. We're like, we're really good friends. Um, uh, pastor Paul, he, he doesn't have to let me stand here and preach. He's gotta be mindful of who he lets get up here and open their mouths. And I'd say thank you, pastor Paul. Said, thank you for your friendship. Uh, allowing me to stand here. Pastor Steven, another one of my brothers. Um, he's uh, about the coolest dude that I know. <laughs> um, I got a story to share about Stephen. I, I probably don't have time, so I'll, I'll, I'll save that to next service. Um, my wife and children are not here yet, but they shall be here second service. I got other family coming in that'll be here second service as well. Um, got some friends that are here. I just want to say thank you all uh, for being here, getting the choir, um, and, and I ask that you keep your minds open as we go into the word, uh, today. I, um, uh, would ask that if you have your Bibles, you turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. It's two short verses. We'll read Hebrews 10. Go to verse 35. We'll read verses thirty-five and thirty-six. I'm gonna do it in in uh my home church where everybody stand as we read the word of God. Yep, I need it. I need it because I left mine on over there. Uh will you give me the uh give me the NIV version Blake if you don't mind. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36. And I'm going to ask that we all read together. I know we'll have different versions, but let us speak the word together. Uh, Ready, read. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive promise. Let's read that again, because I didn't hear, but about four people. Let's let's wake up now. Let's go. I need, Hey, I need some amens when I preach. This was new King James. Okay, here we go. That's that's the one I need right there. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance. Speak it to yourself so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. My sister-in-law has just walked in. I did not know she was coming. Ah. Blake, can you pull that slide up, that first slide? I don't mean to boss you around. I'm just, Blake, sorry. Um, This is the the title of today's message. Can anybody say that word? Anybody heard that? Hypomenae. Does anybody know what it means? Miss Sister Sarah, do you know what that means? <laughs> 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 well, we're, we're, about, we're about to see in just a minute. Y'all will y'all connect the dots. I'm a pretty basic preacher. Um, so it won't be real elaborate. Everybody will grab hold of it. And that's the purpose. <clears throat> I'm going to share an excerpt from a story. And I think after about two or three sentences, y'all will know where I'm coming from. So the very little engine looked up and saw the tears in the doll's eyes. And she thought of the good little boys and girls on the other side of the mountain who would not have any toys or good unless she helped. Then she said, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And she hitched herself to the little train. She tugged and pulled and pulled and tugged and slowly, slowly, slowly they started off. The toy clown jumped the board, and all the dolls and the toy animals began to smile and cheer. Puff, puff, chug, chug, went the little blue engine. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Up, up, up. Faster and faster and faster and faster, the little engine climbed. Till at last, they reached the top of the mountain. Down in the valley lay the city. Hurray! Hooray! Hooray! Cried the funny little clown and all the dolls and toys. The good little boys and girls in the city will be happy because you helped us, kind little blue engine. What's the name of the story, y'all? The little engine that could. Now, back to Hyde It's basically just a Greek word from which we get the word perseverance in the new international version of the Bible from which I'll be using today. The definition of perseverance from Webster's simply this, patience and persistence, determination. I think we can all agree that the little engine that could is a story of perseverance. Can we we all agree with that? I think we all know it, and and that's what we know it for. It's a story of trying, a story of effort, how to persevere. I think we can all identify with it. And the funny thing about that is, We, 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 I guess we classify that as a kid, that story as a kid's story, but really, I believe the older we get, the more we could lean on a story like the little engine that could because the trials and tribulations, and stuff we go through gets harder, the older you get. Um, So college kids, I know we always talk about being ready to graduate, but life gets hard. It gets better, but life gets harder when you get that diploma. Don't be in such a rush all the time. Now, you know, I didn't come to talk about the little engine that could. That's just kind of a jump start into where we're going. Um, I think it's a good jump start, though, because it does talk about perseverance. One of the other things that I think of, though, when I, when I hear the word perseverance, um, I think of Black History Month, and this being Black History Month, it's like a fitting word. When, when I think of Black History Month, I think of perseverance. When I think of perseverance, Black History Month is something that pops up in my mind. Um, and I, you know, I didn't come to give a, I guess, a history lecture. But there are some faces of perseverance that I think I need to raise today. Um, Blake, if you can, yeah, hit that next one. Does anybody know who she is? Raise your hand if you know who she is. Perfect face that you see is that of Fannie Lou Hamer. She was born Fannie Lou Townsend on October the 6th, 1917. She died on March 14th, 1977. She was an American voting rights activist and civil rights leader. 1962. Here's some high points. That's all I'm going to do with these people. In 62, after being forced off the plantation on which she lived for 18 years, simply for her efforts to register black voters in the South to vote, Night Riders fired 16 bullets into the house of the family with whom she'd gone to live. In 1963, after being charged with disorderly conduct for refusing to go along with the restaurant's whites-only policy, Hamer was beaten so badly in jail and refused medical treatment that she was permanently disabled. In spite of these and many other injustices, through her plain-spoken manner and fervent belief, In the biblical righteousness of her cause, Mrs. Hamer's voting rights efforts were the forerunner to the Voting Rights Act of 1968. She had a hand in me being able to vote as a black man. The next face you'll see is one that a lot of you will know. Uh, That's Sojourner Truth. 1797, she was born and she departed this life November 26, 1883. Lived to be an old lady. She had a self-given name of Sojourner Truth. Her original name was Isabella Baumfree. She was an African-American abolitionist and a women's rights activist. Now, some points about Miss Truth, some of us may or may not know. This was the case with many slaves, which she was when she was born. She was taken from her parents as a child and never knew many of her siblings. She also stated that her first owner raped and beat her daily. She was told by her owner in 1826 that he would free her. However, he reneged on the agreement. She later escaped, but had to leave her children behind. Keep in mind, the message today is perseverance. In spite of all of these trials and tribulations, she became the first black woman to go to court against a white man and win the case, a case that saw her get her young son back from people to whom he'd been illegally sold. She also became one of the most recognizable abolitionists and women's rights activists in U.S. history and the author of the well-known poem, Ain't I a Woman? It must be noted, however, just like Ms. Hamer, that she had a strong belief in the Lord. And in 1843, that's when her change came. She changed her name in that year to Sojourner Truth, telling her friends, quote-unquote, the spirit calls and I must go. She then began traveling the country, preaching about abolition. That's Sojourner Truth. The next guy or the next face you'll see is that of Ralph McGill. Because a lot of times we like to, when we think about black history and, and, and all they went through, we typically classify that with, with black folk, were the only ones that struggled and, and were hurt. But that's not true. Um, it was kind of a family thing for us to get to where we are now as blacks. Ralph McGill, February 5th, 1898. He died February 3rd, 1969. He was an American journalist. It's best known as the anti-segregationist editor and publisher of the Atlanta Constitution newspaper. He won a Pulitzer Prize for editorial writing in 1959. He began writing about the effects of segregation in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Because of this writing, he received threats from angry readers. Um, A lot of times, white folk that were part of the struggle got it worse than black folk did for crossing over, if you will. So he was kind of in that boat. He, subsequent, he subsequently would have crosses burned in his yard, shots fired into his home, and crude bombs placed in his mailbox. Despite all of these tribulations, he went on to win, as I mentioned before, the Pulitzer Prize. We're talking about perseverance. A lot of folks would quit at, the, at one death threat. We shut it down. I'm going to do something different. But these people didn't. They risked life and limb. James Farmer is the last one. Um, maybe one of the, maybe, I'd probably say he's about the top three most instrumental people in the civil rights movement. A lot of people don't know him, though. We, we think about Dr. King and, you know, Malcolm X and, and those different people. James Farmer, uh, one of the biggest figures. January twelfth, 1920, died in 1999. Civil rights activist, leader of the American civil rights movement of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And the initiator and organizer of the 1961 Freedom Ride, which eventually led to the desegregation of interstate busing in the United States. You know, a lot of you know history. You know that uh, when all that went down, those buses were bombed and all that in Birmingham. Um, a farmer risked his life in several demonstrations. In 63, Louisiana state troopers armed with guns, cattle prods, and tear gas hunted him door to door when he was trying to organize protests in the town of Plaquemine. This is what he said. He said, I wasn't meant to die that night. They were kicking open doors, beating up blacks in the streets, interrogating them with electric cattle prods. A funeral, a funeral home director had Farmer play dead in the back of a hearse that carried him along back roads and out of town. Farmer went to jail for disturbing the peace in Plaquemine and was behind bars. On August 28, 1963, the day that Dr. King delivered his I Have a Dream speech, the March on Washington. Farmer sent his own speech to the March on Washington, which was read by Floyd McKissick, an aide in CORE. Farmer wrote, we will not stop until the dogs stop biting us in the south and the rats stop biting us in the north. At one point, a friendly FBI agent told Farmer that an informant had infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan in Louisiana it had reported that the Klan had voted to kill Farmer the next time he set foot in Bogalusa. This is what Farmer said to the agent. He said, tell me, were there any dissenting votes? <laughs> <laughs> These are just a few examples of people that persevered through somewhat, if you will, unthinkable treatment for the cause of right. What they were standing for was right. It wasn't wrong. They weren't doing the wrong thing. It was right. If we can now look back, I want you to look back at that Hebrews chapter 10, but I want you to go a little bit before verse 35 and 36, 32 through 34. uh, When I read that, I thought of the civil rights movement. It's almost like uh, you read, as we read through that, it's almost like a portrait of uh, what these people kind of were like or what they went through. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. The writer of Hebrews is simply reminding the readers to remember the trials and tribulations through which they'd already come so as to encourage them to not quit, to persevere. In other words, to be patient, persistent, and determined. It's as if he was speaking directly to the civil rights rights leaders of old, telling them that in spite of the beatings, hoses, and police dogs, they had stood strong and should continue to do so. Another passage that I'm sure these people, these leaders that I read about, leaned on is one that a lot of us know, Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, which we know as the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, I'll read 10. Says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness; for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. This is Jesus, speaking. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Not only do I believe the aforementioned civil rights leaders leaned on these well-known verses. I think we also need to lean on them as we walk through life. Uh, you know, we walk through life trying to live like the Lord, trying to do what he would have us to do. Uh, and I think perseverance is the perfect word for living through situations, um, like we have to go through sometimes. And, and um, it's not that it's all about being persecuted. Um, I think that's a part of what we go through. But I, I also want us to understand that, that for us, perseverance is simply a part of getting through everyday life. It's about fighting the, the common everyday cares and concerns that, that we all go through. Uh, when I think, about, I think about just general stuff that we go through and we have to persevere through it, I want you go to uh, go to the book of Luke, chapter 8, 11 through 15. this again is is uh it's jesus he's given a parable and i think most all of us are probably familiar with it but it's a couple things that jump out in terms of persevering because i don't want us to get caught up into you know you know thinking it's all about life and death sometimes it's not that when it comes to being uh, uh persistent and persevering <clears throat> verse 11 the seed is the word of god those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they may so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they don't mature. But the seed on good soil. Sense for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. Perseverance also has to do with us simply working through the trappings that life on earth presents us with. Sometimes perseverance may simply be being patient enough, persistent enough, and determined enough, simply not give up when you're in a job that you don't like. Well, another example would be uh, um, for my college students here. When you lose a scholarship, you don't know how you're going to pay for school next semester. Some kids actually drop out, start working. Typically the wrong choice. Some kids don't. A lot of kids don't. They keep pushing. Another example would be keep working hard when a layoff at your place of work may seem uh, inevitable. Do you shut it down or do you still work until the Lord on your job? Or simply to keep trusting the Lord when he hasn't granted your request yet. You know how we, we I, it's, it's so trips me out having little bitty children because it gives me a picture of what I'm like with God and how upset I get when um, I don't get the thing that I wanted right when I wanted it. The Lord had us wait well over a year to get a van. And there were times that I acted just like my babies act. Pouted and cried. I don't want to get angry with God. But perseverance says we press through those things. You know, situations don't stop us from continuing to live for the Lord. Um, so I think you can fill in the blank with any example that you have gone through. Um, now let's jump to second Peter chapter one, verses five through nine. Cause here it also talks about the importance and lasting benefits of perseverance. Cause we don't we don't persevere just to just to wear a badge and say we got through it uh and, and, and for the sake of getting beat up. Let's read that scripture. So for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and the goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and the self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and the godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. Here's a kicker for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we see that we're not productive if we don't persevere. I'm simply encouraging you to persevere through what may be a rough patch in your life right now. Just as soon as I'm standing here, somebody's going through something difficult. And they wanted to slow down or turn their back on it or quit. I don't even have to, I don't have to be God to know that. I just know because we're human, we're all going through something. So I'm simply wanting to, to encourage us to persevere today. Um, one thing, though, that I think we need to remember when we talk about persevering and that we've got to do it if we're going to be fruitful in the eyes of God. He tells us to do it with happiness. Now, that's a problem, the part that I have a problem with sometimes. <laughs> that's the struggle. It's almost like we should be happy when we go through rough stuff in our lives causes us to persevere. Many of us, I think, will know the passage in James that talks about counting it all joy. James chapter one, verses two through four says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Not lacking anything. One of the pictures that comes in my mind when I think about counting it all joy is I think of, you know, I've seen several images of the movement. Um, and, and, you know, when they would be locked arm in arm. You know, last year I preached on unity. Um, and and, and they would be locked arm in arm. And they wouldn't have frowns on their faces. They wouldn't necessarily be smiling, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't have frowns on their faces. And that always struck me. They're getting hosed. The police are about to ship them back to jail. But they're not frowning. They're just kind of there. And I go back to these passages that talk about counting it all joy. Even back in Matthew 5 and 12, there at the end of the Beatitudes, Jesus says that we should rejoice and be glad after persecution. In other words, when we're going through rough stuff, our attitude should be one of cheerfulness or calm delight. Because that's what the word joy means when you translate it back from the Greek. Cheerfulness or calm delight. When we hit rough places in our lives, it doesn't say what it is. If we lose somebody in our family, we lose a job. He didn't, he didn't quantify it. He said, cheerfulness, was simple delight. That's how we should approach those situations. Now, I've given some examples of some of those leaders from the civil rights time, persevered through really unexplicable circumstances just for doing the right thing. We've also looked at some passages of scripture that shed light on the importance of perseverance. Uh, Just a couple more examples as we close there in the the book of James, we'll stay there. Chapter five and verse 11, James says this, he says, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. That's us. Y'all you have heard of Job's Perseverance. And have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Speaking of Job's perseverance, after losing his riches, and I must make a note here, Job was richer than. Um, he was extremely wealthy, extremely wealthy. And sometimes one of the things that, that we leave out in talking about Job, he was very, 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 very rich. Um, but he lost all of his riches, lost all of his children. They, they, they were killed suddenly. But here's what Job did. Makes us think about persevering. The Bible says that Job fell down to worship. And here's a famous quote. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. What an attitude when all your kids just got killed. And you went from being a multimillionaire to having nothing, being bankrupt, if you will. What an attitude to have. He didn't frown up. He immediately went to the Lord, got on his knees and worshiped. We know additionally that he also became painfully and terribly ill. His wife left him and his friends even questioned his righteousness. They thought it was because he had sinned was why he had gotten into all that mess. But he never quit. He persevered. In the end, he was blessed with more than what he had to begin with. Bible says that Job's ladder was better than the first. So we talk about perseverance today. Here's the last passage that we'll share, which leads us to the perfect example of perseverance. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, reads this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, to not get discouraged, Tell the assembly to look at Jesus to help us persevere. One statement that I think of in terms of Jesus' perseverance came in the garden of Gethsemane. He knew that the time was coming for him to die because he was God in the flesh. Bible reads in Matthew 26, 38, 39. Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here, talk to the disciples and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. What an attitude. And then further on in verse 42, he says, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. What an attitude. After thinking about the ridicule and persecution he'd already gone through, and the pain that he was headed for, he still basically said, if I've got to do it, I'm going to do it. So the message is simple today. It's simply perseverance. And it could be something real, real, real small. It could be, um, uh, a lot of y'all know uh, Steve Payne. You know, they He's one of our system basketball coaches and he and his family worship here. Um, he's had a cold for about three weeks. It could be something as simple as that. I'm sick of having this cold. Oh, it could be you lost your mother. But the message is to persevere. I want to encourage you. If you're having a good day today and you have a good day tomorrow, be careful because Tuesday may be a rough day. So when you hit, if you hit Tuesday, Tuesday's a rough day, Wednesday or Thursday, I want you to think about Fannie Lou Hamer. Think about Sojourner Truth. I want you to think about Mr. Ralph, Mr. James. We can easily go back to Job. That's right here. But most importantly, I think we can think about Jesus and what he went through. Knowing all the sin that had gone on before he came and all the sin that was going to go on even after he came. He still did it. He persevered. Um, so I just encourage us today. Blake, if you can go back to that first screen. Finally, think about the little engine that could. When you go to work tomorrow, when you go to class, when you have to get up at seven fifty-five to get to class at eight, I want you to think about the little engine that could <laughs> tomorrow.